Welcome to Crime on Caffeine. I'm your host, Erica. And I'm your host, Allison. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Today, we'd be sipping on a coffee that I found on Amazon randomly, <laughs> but it's so cute, so I had to buy it. I am drinking the Steady State Space Traveler. That is a lot of S's all in all, like Steady State Space Traveler. Oh my God. Did you just <laughs> <Hey. read this? laughs> As I'm Gus approves. Gus is growling at me because today he's in a little bit of a needy mood and he wants to sit on my lap, but we can't really record with his noises. Anyway, the coffee's really good. What did you order again? The Magdalena. Ooh, what's that one like? It's a light roast shocker. It's got like (laughs) orange and caramel. It's really good. Wow, that does sound really good. I might have to order that. And the best part is that it's from Amazon. So easy, so convenient, so delicious, and living my best. So dangerous. Yeah, that is really dangerous. I don't know if I mentioned what like my flate my notes were. (laughs) My flavor notes. You Um, did it. Mine mine well, Gus is growling at me, so he's distracting me. Mine has caramel, berry, and apple. Which is not something mm. I'm actually used to, but I really I like, like it. the the apple. That sounds interesting. I can't really taste it in there, but it definitely is good. I like it. I I've never had it, but I feel like I would <laughs> like it. Apple intrigues me. Yes. And guys, this is our episode right before Erica's birthday. Woo! So We're going to need everyone, everyone in the world to give her a little happy birthday virtual hug. Thanks, guys. And we're reuniting because I'm going to Tampa. We'll post some stories for you guys. Reunited and it feels so good. (laughs) Yes. Happy birthday to Erica. (laughs) Eating toast. (laughs) Sorry if you can hear that. (laughs) (laughs) It was like such a picture-perfect crunch. If you guys want to see us together or just, you know, if you want to be supportive, go ahead and follow us on social media. I'm sure we'll post on Insta. Everything is at Crime on Caffeine, but we're everywhere. And while you're at it, you might as well go follow on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That way... Right when our episodes come out, they will be in your library, ready to go. You will know when it's there. Yeah, and getting a notification is always fun because then it reminds you that you have a little piece of fun coming at you. Yes. Fun with your friends. I love love fun. (laughs) I don't know what to do about Gus. He's making so much noise. Let's take a poll. Do you guys mind Gus's snoring? (laughs) Honestly, I feel like we always have some kind of animal Mm -hmm. noises in our podcast. Mm -hmm. And so if you guys can hear Gus, I am really sorry, but he's so comfortable and I really don't want to move him. It just makes the experience more authentic. As we were. As we were. Today, I have a case for you that is a little bit rough. I won't lie. Oh, boy. A murder case, and it's pretty brutal. 
but we're just going to go with it. And you wouldn't know by the name that it's very brutal because today we are going over the Hello Kitty murder. Oh my gosh. I know this. I had a feeling it's you brutal. Yeah, it's really bad. It's brutal. So we're going to talk about Fan Man Yi, starting with her childhood, which didn't go so well. From an early age, her family abandoned her, and she ended up being raised in a home for girls, which is similar to like foster care or an orphanage, I would assume. By the time she reached 16, she left this home and had developed a drug addiction and was turning to prostitution to pay for her habit, as well as committing small crimes kind of to just survive. She ended up getting a job as a hostess at a local nightclub when she was 23. Some sources do say she was 21. So though one might think that this helped her addiction, sadly, she was still battling through it. The nightclub often catered to the Chinese mafia. So this is putting Fan Man Yi in an environment with powerful and dangerous men, which led her to meet 34-year-old Chan Man Lok in the early months of 1997. The two quickly realized that they had a lot in common, seeing as Fan Man Yi was a prostitute and a drug addict, and Chan Man Lok was a pimp and a drug dealer. Before long, Man Yi was a regular addition to Man Lok's little group of worker beats. She messed up big time, though, when she kind of had like a little bit of a panic and she was trying to get her hands on some money to supply her drug addiction and she stole $4,000 from Chan's wallet. Yikes. Yeah. According to the meal mango, she was immediately caught by Chan and he demanded the money back plus interest. Man Yi returned the money right away, but pleaded for extra time for the additional $10,000 that he asked from her. Why did he ask for that much? Like interest? That was the interest that he was demanding. Yikes. He forced her into sex work and took the money that she earned as payback for what she had stolen from him, even though she literally immediately gave him the $4,000 back. It was just like... You stole from me. I'm pissed off. Giving me the money back is not enough. You're yeah. going to have to pay for what you did. Yeah, it was like punishment almost. The money wasn't coming in quick enough for Chan Man Lok, so he decided that a better idea would be to torture Fan. On March 17th, 1999, he and his so-called henchmen kidnapped her and brought her to an apartment. They tied her up and beat her with different instruments like metal bars, kitchen utensils, and even furniture pieces. For over a month, they subjected her to various forms of insanely brutal torture, like burning her skin with candle wax. And at times, if that wasn't enough, they would just directly burn her. Oh my gosh. They raped her on a daily basis. He tied her up and used her as a punching bag. They burnt her feet so that she wouldn't be able to stand or walk. Oh. Yeah. They would also stuff different things into her wounds, like foods and spices and dirt, just to cause her extra pain. They were urinating in her mouth and forcing her. Oh, fuck. Yeah. 
and forcing her to eat human feces. And of course, they were also starving her. When they weren't doing anything to Fan, they would all just hang out in a separate room playing video games or whatever, and they would just act like there wasn't a dying woman in the next room. Now we're going to introduce another person into the mix, Chan Manlok's 14-year-old girlfriend, Ah Fong. This is rumored to be a pseudonym, so it's not her real name. Uh, the Hong Kong courts eventually gave her this name, so we're sticking with it. It was just like to protect her identity. First of all, the age difference is a bit yeah. unsettling. He was yeah. 34. She's 14. A lot of sources say she was 13. So either way, not good. Some sources say mm, he was 36. Not good. So not 36 good. to 13, yeah, not it. Anyway, she was likely one of his employees, aka she was a prostitute. Um, at one point when Ah Fong was visiting, she witnessed Manlok kick Fan 50 times in the head, then joined in herself. So she admitted to pouring chili oil onto the burns of Fan. Which Wait, so this is the little girlfriend? Yes, this is the 14-year-old girlfriend. She who I'm sure was like forced into like joining them. Yeah, I'm not even sure if she was forced, but she definitely like did it willingly. She was kicking Fan when she saw her boyfriend kicking Fan. And then she admitted to pouring chili oil into the burns that they had given her, which chili oil is already like such a spicy, like it's crazy how spicy it is. I can't even imagine having that poured into my burns. That's so brutal. Mm -mm. At this point, I feel like she's had like all the worst things done to her. Like, I can't even imagine. I know. It's so bad. When asked about the extent to which she joined in on the torture in a later interview, she replied, I had a feeling it was for fun. So what? you joined in? Um, Only a sociopath would find that fun. Like, even at 13 or 14, you would have the capability to understand that this was highly wrong. I wonder what this girl was, like, exposed to, though, you know, just, like, hanging out with these these guys. I mean, you have to know that that's wrong. Like, yeah, in my head, sure. I don't know. I don't even know what kind of situation where I would be like, yeah, let me just join in on this. Like, I would just try to make myself so small in that moment, like, that they just wouldn't want me to be involved in all that. I would retreat. <laughs> I'm going to sit this one out. I am going to run. <laughs> she also mentioned that they would force Fan Manyi to smile and tell them how she got excited from her beatings and that if she didn't, that they would beat her even harder. That's a fucked up abuse of power right there. Yeah. At this point, there was no possible way Fan could accumulate the $10,000 that Chan was asking because no. the clients would, they just stopped coming because she was so disfigured that nobody wanted to pay money for that anymore. Right. So now we're just like at a dead end. She can't pay. Nobody's coming to give him money anymore. So there was even a point where Fan Man Yi couldn't move 
And the men said that she just wasn't any fun anymore because she didn't react when she was getting beaten. These men have a very interesting definition of fun. Right? One of the men decided to tie Fan Man Yi and leave her suspended in the air so she would be easier to beat. So they tied her wrists up with electrical cords and tied up the other ends to the ceiling fan. So, yeah, they left her there for hours. And sometimes they left her there overnight. This is so terrible. This reminds me, this reminds me of another case that's just horrific. Did it start with an F? Because yes. I, um, yes. I saw it when I was researching this one. I just don't remember what it was called. Yeah, fucking horrible. I'm trying it's a Chinese or Japanese name. I'm trying to look it up. Yes, yes, it is. Wild in. Um yeah, it came up a lot when I was researching Fan Man Yi. Junko Furuta. Mm-hmm. Junko Furuta. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. So after a month of torture on April 15th, the three men and the girlfriend decided to go out. Usually they would lock Fan Man Yi in the bathroom to make it harder for her to escape. They stayed out for hours, and when they came back, Ah Fong discovered that Fan Man Yi had died overnight. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Chan and his helpers argued that she had died from an overdose of methamphetamine that she had administered herself. (gasps) No shit. Yeah. Most experts speculate it was her injuries that eventually killed her especially since she had reportedly been falling in and out of consciousness in the days leading up to her death. Damn. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. They only speculate because there's really no way to know for sure. After discovering she was dead in mid-April, the men moved Fan's body to the bathtub and dismembered her with a saw. Oh, my God. Yeah. Most sources say it was a chainsaw, not a manual saw. Either way, it was a saw, and it's fucked. Is that supposed to, like, make it better, or, like, what? I don't know. Part of me is, like, a manual saw. You have to sit there and, like, like, that's Uh, I can't. I can't even talk about this. I can't. Sorry. (laughs) I did get a little burpy just saying that. It made me want to throw up. I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. Um, well, if you didn't like that, then you're really not going to like this entire piece that I'm about to go over. This entire um, episode. <laughs> you're actually going to hate all of this. So after they dismembered her with the saw, they then cooked the individual pieces of her body to stop her from decomposing and emitting the smell of rotting flesh. Using boiling water on the same stove in which they were cooking their dinner... They threw out the pieces of her in the garbage, everything except her head. Disrespectful. I don't even know. Like, disgusting, but... Yeah. After boiling it on the stove, this is what I was... I almost literally threw up as I was writing this. They allegedly used the same kitchen utensil to stir their meal and to stir her head around in the pot. That's fucking nasty. You're dirty, gross, horrible people. Isn't that like I almost physically threw up at that? I can't even <sighs> finish my toast. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. So after they boiled her head on the stove, they sewed her head, her 
boiled skull into an oversized Hello Kitty mermaid doll. Additionally, they kept one of Fan Man Yi's teeth, which later confirmed her identity, and several of her internal organs that they stored into a plastic bag that was later found on top of a canopy of a store located beneath the apartment. Now, why did they do that? I don't know. In my notes, I put, like, for what? Literally, <laughs> for what? For what was the reason? In May of 1999, Ah Fong made her way to Hong Kong police. She told the officers for the past several weeks, she'd been constantly plagued by the ghost of a woman who'd been bound by electrical wire and tortured to death. The police basically brushed her off. They dismissed all of her claims. They just said, you're dreaming, or they brushed it off as teenage nonsense. They only became interested when Ah Fong told them that the ghost was of a woman that she helped murder. She took them to the apartment located in the rundown Kowloon district, where they found that this was indeed not a dream. This shit was real. They found an oversized Hello Kitty doll with a decapitated skull of a woman inside of it. The apartment was full of Hello Kitty memorabilia. There was... Hello Kitty sheets and curtains and towels and silverware. I didn't know they had that much Hello Kitty stuff. It's really concerning to me, honestly. Yeah, that's weird. Unfortunately, due to the state of Fan Man Yi's remaining body parts, the police and medical examiners were unable to determine the cause of death. Obviously, they knew that there was no doubt she had experienced indescribable torture and that the three men had inflicted a lot of damage to her body. There was no way to tell if it was a drug overdose or the torture, though. That was to blame. In exchange for protection, which she most likely received in part due to the fact that she was so young, Ah Fong testified against Chan Man Lok and his two accomplices. In an attempt to rid herself of the haunting and nightmares she claimed to be experiencing, she detailed the torture that the three men put Fan Man Yi through. During the six-week trial, the men admitted to preventing Fan from receiving a lawful burial, which is a criminal charge in Hong Kong, if you didn't know. I did not know. Yeah. So them being unlawfully disrespectful made them get a charge. Chan and Wei Lun, which is one of the henchmen, pleaded guilty to false imprisonment, a charge that Xing Cho, the other henchman, denied. Throughout their trial, the three men accused one another of torturing Fan while minimizing their own roles in the abuse. Typical. Yeah, sounds about right. The defense also tried to convince the jury that Fan may have died as a result of the drug overdose, which we've talked about. While Fan had been a user of meth, prior to becoming pregnant with her son, which is extremely sad. Okay, it's not very well documented in many of the articles that I read, but she apparently had like a husband and a son. And oh my gosh, I had no yeah, idea. I didn't either. It was only one article that I read that mentioned that. That's really sad. Yeah, her husband testified that she had stopped using drugs years earlier when she found out that she was pregnant. Um, But it was very possible that she could have fallen back into them, you know, from what Mm -hmm. we know of her extensive past. 
The men narrated their own version that they were simply running a brothel with Fan Man Yi, and it was a mutual agreement. They said that Fan was a drug addict and she died because of a drug overdose. The three were not convicted of murder. (gasps) Are you serious? They were convicted of manslaughter, not murder. Okay. So that was in December of 2000. Uh, The jury believed that though they did cause her death, the death was not the intent. So that's why they weren't charged with murder. I don't like it. The charge left the public of Hong Kong just freaking reeling. And the sentence was determined to be life in prison with the possibility of parole in 20 years. Oh, my God. That's like now. Do not tell me that they're going to get out because that would be very upset. Yeah. doesn't say anywhere that they've been released. So if and when there is ever a parole hearing for them, I will update you guys on that. But as of right now, they were still in jail. As for Ah Fong, she cooperated so much in the investigation that she was let free, but no one knows where she is today. After the publicity fans' torture and death received in Hong Kong, no one wanted to buy or rent an apartment where she met her untimely death. Consequently, the building sat there empty for years, and eventually people decided that they didn't want to live in any of the apartments in the building on Granville Road either. So... Makes sense. I wouldn't. Right? People reportedly visited the building where the murder took place to see if they could contact her ghost or her spirit. Eventually, the building was demolished in 2012 by an investor, but they rebuilt a hotel there in 2016. Do people go to the hotel? I would assume, or else I probably would have read that the hotel also didn't (laughs) do anything. well. Yeah. Something I didn't know was that this case actually became so famous that it led to several movies. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there was a movie called There is a Secret in My Soup in 2001. And then there was an episode of Bones. I think it was season four. And the episode was titled The Girl in the Mask. So those were produced off of the Hello Kitty murder case. According to Medium, the men were all visited by psychiatrists, but they were diagnosed with no mental illnesses. They were just sociopaths who had no emotion. Yep, that that is very accurate. Obviously, that leads me right into sociopaths. <laughs> Psychology of sociopaths. Um Sociopathy refers to a pattern of antisocial behaviors and attitudes, including manipulation, deceit, aggression, and a lack of empathy for others. Sociopathy is a non-diagnostic term and is not synonymous with psychopathy. Uh, There's a lot of overlap that leads to frequent confusion between the two. The term sociopath and psychopath are confusing because They're often used interchangeably, but they are not interchangeable. The difference is that sociopaths are individuals whose callous, deceitful behavior is shaped primarily by environmental factors, such as child abuse or exposure to, you know, those behaviors and others. 
Psychopathy is inborn and immutable. So psychopaths are more likely to commit acts of violence still because both conditions are on the spectrum. It can be difficult to know which term is best to apply. Psychopaths and sociopaths are share a number of characteristics, including a lack of remorse or empathy for others, a lack of guilt or ability to take responsibility for their actions, a disregard for laws or social conventions, and an inclination of violence. A core feature of both is a deceitful and manipulative nature. This would make sense considering that these guys were mobsters who ran brothels and sex work. They sold drugs, they committed murder, thus demonstrating they truly had no emotion and had very high disregard for the law. (laughs) Sociopaths are likely to be uneducated and typically live on the fringes of society. Um, The apartment that they had brought Fan Man Yi to was in like the slum-ish areas of Hong Kong, so that does kind of make sense in a you know, socioeconomic area, but Mm -hmm. that is all I have for the Hello Kitty murders. It was really short, but, um, the information is pretty much the same all over any kind of research you do. Um, there's no like real twists and turns. It's very straightforward. It's so horrible. It's absolutely terrible. I do think it's a little bit, unorthodox that this murder was solved because one of the people that were involved in it I think she was so young though that she probably was dreaming about it constantly and thinking that she was just being haunted by the spirit of Fan Man Yi and she just thought that this was the only way to rid herself of all this mm-hmm. but it's like girly I get that you're young but like you are fully there you fully complicit and all that yeah i know that she luna's face behind you is cracking me up right now she just was like (laughs) oh my god she's shocked she's in she's in utter shock like the rest of us um but yeah i just i don't know i try to have sympathy for afong just because she was so young that i don't know what circumstances led her to that life It makes me think I'm wondering if she had like a little bit of Stockholm syndrome type. Yeah, that's very possible. Like thing going on. I mean, she thought this guy was her boyfriend instead of clearly knowing that she was a prostitute and kind of like worked for him too. Mm -hmm. She thought that this man cared for her and she was doing this with him, kind of like for him. I don't know. So I try not to be too hard on her, but... I just find it – I mean, it was so easy to solve because she just straight up gabbed. She was like, follow me. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, crazy. Horrible case. Yeah, next week – or not next week, obviously, because that's Erica's episode. But my next episode, I'll, I won't make it as brutal as this one. Even this one was like a little bit much for me. The Just like the abundance of Hello Kitty stuff – it's just so random to me. And I'm shocked that I didn't find anything psychologically about that. Like, why Hello Kitty? It's like a children's toy. 
Mm-hmm. I know that like a lot of adults like Hello Kitty too, but for there to be that much memorabilia of Hello Kitty and they even shoved her head in a Hello Kitty doll. Yeah. Yeah. Some type of. Like something's wrong there. That's not just like sociopathic tendencies. That's like something is wrong. Yeah. And I also wanted to go into like, I tried to find some kind of psychology for, obviously we've gone over like dismemberment, but the whole, they kept her organs. They kept some of them. They threw some away. They kept some. I I just, none of their actions made any sense to me. Yeah, it's nothing I really understand their reasoning behind. And the using the same spoon to like stir that is just these guys are next level disgusting. Like, so they really are. I mean, the tooth even like was so weird. Why did they keep one of her teeth? Yeah, that's so weird. Like, I get the whole trophy thing, but I don't know. So weird. Anyway. We won't keep talking about all of her dismembered body pieces anymore. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, But happy Wednesday. Thank you so much for being here with us. Sorry that it was a wild ride for for the morning. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for your continued support. We love you. We love seeing you guys post on your stories that you're listening to our episodes. Thank you guys so much for listening and supporting us. And we can't wait to update you guys when we're together next week. I know. I'm so excited. Um, But till then, happy Wednesday or happy whatever day you're listening to this. And we will catch you on the next one. Bye.